Welcome everyone to the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host Justin Boone, the lead fantasy analyst at the Score, and today's episode is presented by Head and Shoulders. Offense for great hair, defense against flakes. We're coming to you a little later this week. Normally the preview show comes out on Wednesday, but we had a scheduling issue, so we had to move it back a bit. And the bad news That means there's no Friday live show this week, but don't worry because we basically combined both shows and no, that doesn't mean that I'm going to be going over all the injury news in this episode. We've got one of the rising injury analysts out there joining us, Jeff Mueller. So he'll be giving us some insight on what to do with all these injured running backs that we have to deal with. There's a bunch of backfields that we have to discuss, just incredibly valuable info there. And then we'll cap things off with the players that are being overlooked in week 10 like we always do. But before we bring Jeff in, this week is the trade deadline in a lot of fantasy leagues. And if it's not this week, it's next week or it's coming in the next couple of weeks here. And on Monday's show, if you remember, I went over the players that I think you should be targeting if you're a contender, if you're already cruising to the playoffs, you got a winning record, some of the players who can help you get over the top from weeks 14 to 16. Today, I want to talk to the managers who aren't as fortunate, the teams that are still battling just to make it into the playoffs. Maybe you even have a losing record right now. And you're trying to string together a couple of wins over the next few weeks to get back into a playoff spot. Well, there's some moves that you can make in the short term here, and maybe some that can help you in the long term too. But if we're just looking at winning immediately, there's some players who are set up to crush it over the next few weeks that I think you could maybe even buy low on right now. And I'll start off by saying one of the key elements here is if you have players that haven't had their bye week yet you might want to trade them away for someone who already has, right? And this isn't something you're going to do 100% of the time, but if you're desperate and you're in win now mode, you might consider taking 90 cents on the dollar just to get players who are going to be able to be in your lineup every single week the rest of the way. That can be incredibly helpful. So keep that in mind when you're making deals. As far as specific players go, at quarterback, Carson Wentz is coming off his bye week. There's not a lot of buzz about him right now. Had some struggles early in the season. We all know that. Ton of injuries on that offense, the skill positions, the offensive line. But now he's getting some reinforcements back. Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard, got Jalen Rager that came back before the bye. You got Travis Fogum, who has emerged as a very reliable weapon, a potential star at receiver. And Wentz gets the Giants, the Browns, and the Seahawks in the next three games. And on paper, the Giants seem like the hardest matchup there, but Wentz just put up over 30 fantasy points against them a few weeks ago. So not worried about that matchup at all. And on the season, he's averaging the 12th most fantasy points among quarterbacks, over 20 fantasy points per game. And we're going to see a different version of this offense in the second half now that some of that talent is finally healthy. So I think you can get Wentz on the cheap right now, and I'd be trying to do that. Same goes for Miles Sanders, his teammate, just because that Eagles schedule and Sanders kind of underrated, kind of forgotten about with all these injuries is the guy that has top five upside. So somebody that you might be able to get coming off that injury, maybe you can get him just a little bit cheaper right now. And I'd be buying low another guy like that, Nick Chubb. He also coming back to the lineup we think this week faces the Texans, the Eagles, 
and the Jaguars over his next three games. And then in the fantasy playoffs, this is one of those ones where I'm saying it could be short-term and long-term because in the fantasy playoffs, yes, Chubb gets the Ravens in week 14, and that's not ideal. But then after that, weeks 15 and 16, the Giants and the Jets. So you like those matchups. Those are games that the Browns can win or at least keep close, and they'll be able to use the run a whole bunch in both those contests. So this is probably your last chance to get Chubb before he gets back on the field and reminds everybody just how good he is. And then the big part of any buy low is making a move before that public perception changes to the new value, right? Before people catch up to what's happening. So for that reason, I'd be going after Devontae Parker. I'd be going after Mike Gusecki. I mean, Preston Williams is on IR now, so that means he's out for at least three weeks. Their head coach, Brian Flores, said that the injury was worse than the team initially expected, so we don't even know. Maybe he'll be out even longer than that. And last year, when Williams went down, when he was lost for the season, that's when Parker really hit his stride. I mean, his target share went from 18.6% with Williams in the lineup to 23.5% without him. And in the second half of the season with Williams out, Parker averaged the third most fantasy points among receivers. Do not forget that. He was third during that time. And if you just go for total fantasy points from week 10 on, he was the wide receiver too overall. And after Williams went out, I mean, it's the same for Gusecki. He was the tight end seven in the second half of the season. So the Dolphins just don't have that many options to turn to other than Parker and Gusecki. In deeper leagues, sure, you could look at Jakeem Grant at receiver, but Parker and Gusecki are in position to finish strong again here. I think they're really going to come on over the next few weeks, and that's when we know Preston Williams is going to be out for at least the next three. Tua looked better in week nine. There's lots of reasons to be high on both those guys. And if you're looking for offenses to target, the Raiders have a pretty nice four-game slate here. Denver, KC, that one's a little bit tougher, but Atlanta and the Jets, those are their four matchups over the next month. So, You can target pieces of that passing offense, Derek Carr, Darren Waller, Nelson Aguilar, maybe even Henry Ruggs, who I've talked about before. Maybe he can finally get it going at some point here in one of those matchups. The Lions are another offense that I'd be going after. They get Washington, Carolina, and Houston over the next three weeks. So a couple of top five matchups for DeAndre Swift in there, a couple top 10 matchups for TJ Hawkinson, who really has emerged as one of the most consistent tight ends this year. We'll see what this injury is this week. He missed practice on Thursday. Hopefully he can get back out there Friday and we'll have him this week. So we'll monitor that one, but they're both guys who can get on a run over the next month. Antonio Gibson on Washington. He gets the Lions this week who give up the most fantasy points to running backs. Then he gets the Bengals next week in week 11. They're eighth in that department. And then the Cowboys in week 12. And remember, His best game of the year came against Dallas. He rushed 20 times for 128 yards and a touchdown in that one. So there's still a reason to invest in Gibson here, even though I know J.D. McKissick remains pretty heavily involved in that offense, but Gibson is still a guy that you want to go after. And one other name that I'll mention, I talked about him on the waiver wire show on Monday, but he is about to destroy Austin Hooper on the Browns. Three straight matchups coming up against top 10 defenses in terms of fantasy points allowed to tight ends. And he was getting the volume before he had that unexpected appendectomy occur. So now with Odell Beckham, he's coming back to the lineup with Odell Beckham now gone. So that allows him to get even more volume here. 
Hooper's going to get a chance to earn that big money contract that he signed in the offseason, and he very well could finish as a top five fantasy tight end the rest of the way. That's where his ceiling is with the situation he's coming back to. It's not out of the question. So those are some guys that you could look at as potential buy lows this week and who could probably help you get some wins over the next few weeks, put you back into that playoff mix. And if you're one of the teams that's already sitting pretty, that's already set up for a deep playoff run, and you just skipped ahead and you didn't want to listen to this section, well, you can go back and listen to Monday's show where I talked about all those trade targets that you could get specifically for the fantasy playoffs. All right, enough of just me here. Let's get our guest in here. He's Jeff Mueller, doctor of physical therapy, provides fantasy content for Destination Devi for Dynasty Vipers. You can find him on Twitter at JMThrivePT. Every week he's tweeting out these threads where he gives you his outlook on the injured players in every game. It is a fantastic resource. You can check it out quick, scroll through for the players or the games you're worried about. It's excellent. I recommend checking it out. And Jeff, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for jumping on this week. Yeah, thanks a lot, Justin. Thanks for reaching out to have me on as a guest. Well, this particular week, there's a ton of injuries that I think we have to talk about, a bunch of running backs especially, so that's where I want to start here. We finally got Christian McCaffrey back for one game. Now he's banged up again. This time it's a shoulder injury. He's not going to play this week, but he got the second opinion, and apparently there's a chance he could return in week 11. That That's not out of the question now. But the truth is, I think we really don't know much here. He could be back next week. He could miss some time. I'm curious what your outlook is for McCaffrey. Should fantasy managers be worried? I don't I don't think so. Definitely not in the long term. And this is a great topic to discuss this week because I've seen a lot of panic out there, um, especially for, like you said, you know, owners who had Christian McCaffrey. You didn't have him for six weeks and you finally got him back. Um, so there's a lot of frustration out there. Based on what I saw on the video, I I really don't think it's one of those more severe grade three, grade four AC sprains where it'll cost you four or five weeks. I really do agree um, with how Matt Rule stated. It it really is more of a week to week. Um, I'm I'm willing to bet it's more of a two to three week mark um, where there's a chance that he plays week 11, you know. But at the latest, I think he comes back week 12. All right. Well, it's not all bad news then. And it's not all bad news in the injury front either, because it seems like we're also about to get back Miles Sanders, maybe even Nick Chubb this week. They've returned to practice. And I mentioned earlier in the show, but I see them as buy low targets in fantasy this week. And maybe you can still get that injury discount, even though they're back at practice. Is there anything health wise that would cause you to shy away from either back though? Yeah, you, you wouldn't be able to buy low from me, from these guys. These guys, are, <laughs> man, they're, they're studs. Um, I have a little more concern for Miles Sanders than I do with Nick Chubb, um, just given his injury history. But I, I expect both to be back this week. Um, Nick Chubb actually returned to practice full. And there was a report this morning where they said he might play with a brace. They might test it out. He actually practiced in full, no brace today, and, and reported he looked pretty good. So I'm expecting him back. Uh, No concern really playing. I I shouldn't say no concern. Every injury, as you know, every injury has a little bit of a re-injury risk, um, but I should say minimal injury risk. 
for him. Yeah, I forget which coach it was that said recently that they weren't going to let a player come back until there was no risk of re-injury. And it was like, I don't think that's ever possible. I right, think that's yeah. a strange <laughs> it's a strange approach if that's how you're going at it. Maybe it was the Packers. It, it was. It, Matt LaFleur, Aaron Jones. Yep. Yeah, I figured with their <laughs> with their medical staff, it had to be them, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, we also have two fantasy starters at running back who are trying to work their way back from foot injuries right now, and it's Joe Mixon and Chris Carson, and both seem to be taking a little longer than they hoped. Are you concerned about either of these guys moving forward? Because I know I didn't put Mixon in the rankings earlier this week when I put out my first edition for week 10, and I had people saying, well, of course Mixon's going to be back. He's coming off of the bye. And I said, I don't know that he's going to be back. And then it proved to be true because he's not practicing yet. And I feel like foot injuries can be tricky. So I'm curious how you view both these guys and whether we are going to see them back soon or whether we should be worried about them the rest of the season. Right. And I, I definitely agree with you. They're, they are considered Liz Frank sprains, Liz Frank injuries. A lot of people panic when they hear Liz Frank because they initially think of the fracture. It really just has to do with the, the area of the, of the foot that's injured. Um, and both these guys are dealing with these injuries. And man, they are tricky to come back from. Uh, it really does depend on how each person heals. And I think Joe Mixon, based on the reports that I've read, that I've heard, um, I think his injury is a little more significant than Chris Carson's, where I, I'm a little concerned for, for Joe Mixon moving forward, even over through uh, week 11. Um, I, I expect him to be ruled out. He is practicing in individual drills, but yeah, I, to be confident to, to start Mixon this week, I would have to see him practice in full tomorrow, and I just don't see that happening. Whereas Chris and Carson... What, yeah, sorry, I was going to say with Carson, because he's... He's apparently running, and you never know with Pete Carroll, right? He's always pretty optimistic about these backs. But Carson's someone that I have on a bunch of teams, especially in best ball. So I really want to see him come back. I'm hoping you're going to give me some good news here. Honestly, timeline-wise, I I do think he has a better chance of coming back this week. Um, If you can find anyone for me that can decipher Pete Carroll's coach speak, that'd be great. (laughs) But yeah, I I did see the same thing. I I saw the same reports where Chris Carson is cutting, sprinting, uh, running, jumping, all the things you want to see with a Liz Frank sprain uh, without any setbacks. And as far as I know, there haven't been any setbacks. So I expect to actually see him. um, Technically, he's listed as a did not practice today, even though he's doing all of that. Um, I expect him to see him practice tomorrow. And I think he has a good chance to play this week. All right. And there's also been some mixed reports about Austin Eckler. And he's another guy that I think fantasy managers were maybe overly optimistic about when he was going to be back about his timeline. And now it's turning out that uh, we're getting a little deeper into the season and it's still not, you know, he's still not back in the lineup here. Uh, He's been sitting there, I mean, on people's benches, he's been sitting there on people's IRs. And I think he's another guy that fantasy managers might be looking at, especially ones who are focused on the playoffs right now. Maybe they can go out and get him before the trade deadline. And now all of a sudden they would have Austin Eckler in their lineup late in the season. Do you think that's a good idea? When do you think Eckler's going to be back? So funny enough, I, I was writing notes for this and I put a note saying, I, I am very cautious about acquiring Austin Eckler before the trade deadline. Sure enough, at 5.29 p.m. today, he posts a video of him sprinting, and it, it reduced my concern a little bit, um, at least enough. You know, right now it's week 10. Um, 
I was originally saying, I, I, I really think based on the last video I saw of him running, I think it'll be closer to week 13, 14 return. I think he's going to be a little closer to maybe week 11, 12, um, where he's starting to cut a little bit. He's sprinting straight line. I, I just want to see a little bit more from him. Um, but if he gets out there, if Anthony Lynn gives him clearance, I am not concerned about him for playoffs. So he would be All on right. my target for sure. All right. Good to know. A couple more running back situations I want to touch on. Raheem Mostert, uh, Kenyon Drake. They're trying to get over these high ankle sprains. We've seen that injury really impact running back efficiency in the past. I mean, it makes me think Alvin Kamara last season, the second half of last year, he just really wasn't the same running back. Is there reason to be hopeful here about Mostert, about Drake, who Drake's actually back at practice right now? Are we going to see these guys return to form or should we maybe lower the ceiling even when they do get back in the lineup? I think with Drake, you're you're going to see a little bit of the Saquon, how the Giants handled the Saquon high ankle injury, uh, was it last year, um, where he, I, I want to say he, they're, they're somewhat rushing him back to practice. Um, he injured his ankle week seven, and week 10 now marks about three weeks, and he's actually out there limited. I am hoping, personally, I'm hoping that they rule him out this week and don't rush him back to play. Uh, he has a little bit more of a moderate concern for me coming back since it's only been three weeks and he was already struggling with efficiency really before his injury. So I think with him, you see a little bit more of a concern uh, going into playoffs. Whereas Raheem Mostert, the Niners honestly have done well with resting him. He injured his ankle week six and then uh, they've already ruled him out for week 10. So they'll give him about five weeks total where he's healed He's rehabbed, he's working on cutting, getting back to those movements that, I mean, for, for Mostert, he relies on speed. So I think we'll see a little more efficiency from Mostert than we will when Kenyon Drake returns. And then I know it's hard to speculate about concussion protocol because you're not the one diagnosing them, but we have David Johnson and David Montgomery in the concussion protocol this week. Montgomery plays on Monday, so he actually gets one extra day to maybe get through it here. But this pushes fantasy managers to go out, pick up Duke Johnson this week, maybe pick up Ryan Null on the Bears this week. That's not a very exciting pickup, but a guy that might end up getting a start here just in case. Is there any insight that you can provide on whether we might see David Johnson or Montgomery get cleared in time to play in Week 10? Yeah, I, I actually feel better about David Johnson than I do David Montgomery. I'll touch on Johnson first. Um, with his concussion, you know, he, he did get laid out. I didn't see any true posturing, though, that is very concerning, um, like you did with Adam Humphreys, for example. Um, with these concussion protocols, they they really are, I mean, a player can be cleared Saturday um, and be fine to play Sunday. Now, for me, a little more volatility there. Uh, you have about a 10-day window where you have still a high re-injury risk or a secondary concussion risk. Um, and so if he plays Sunday, that's, that's what, six days or seven days um, past his, his initial concussion. So he carries a little more risk for me, but I, I think we'll more likely see David Johnson and David Montgomery. I went back and looked at David Montgomery. Um, you know, week two, week three, he was dealing with a neck injury. David Montgomery actually, you know, later after the game, it came out that he was dealing with a concussion. I, I saw a little bit of a stinger as well where he came off the field and his left arm was dangling, uh, which is either a sign, you know, it, it could have been 
uh, shoulder dislocation, separation, AC joint injury, or a neck injury. And after the game, they came out saying as a concussion, he's dealing with a neck injury. So to me, that's a, that's a potential for a nerve involvement as well. So I think he's coming back from two injuries where I, I would personally avoid David Montgomery, especially with that risk of a Monday night game. Yeah, I picked up Ryan Nall and Scott Fishbowl, and I'm not very excited about having to start him this week, but that's the state of my roster right now. Yeah. Last year, I did so well in Scott Fishbowl, almost made the final, and this season, it's been a struggle. I, I had the first overall pick. I lost McCaffrey. I've had a bunch of injuries, so it's been an interesting season there. And you mentioned with concussions, I mean, it used to be that on Saturdays, the only news that we would get was some of these guys who got cleared of the concussion protocol. Now we're on pins and needles on Saturdays waiting to hear about any potential positive COVID tests. Right. This week, we got an interesting COVID situation with Ben Roethlisberger, right? Because uh, he's been sitting out kind of like we saw with Matthew Stafford last week where he was deemed a close contact. Now he's got to go through that five days if he's negative the whole time. Then he'll be able to play this week. But the thing I want to ask you about with Ben was he actually hurt his knee last week. I think both knees he actually injured in the game and he managed to play through it. He's Ben. He's a warrior. But is that also a worry? Because it's we're not really talking about that because he's not at practice and no one expects him to be at practice. But is the knee situation going to be a problem? Is there a chance that he clears the COVID protocol, but then also he doesn't play in the game because of the knee problem? Right. I the only concern I have there is the fact that because of because of the close contact COVID, he hasn't been able to get into the the facilities for rehab, you know, to 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 recover. But I'm willing to bet, you know, he he probably has someone coming to him. Um I would be a little more concerned if the you know, the the fact that he only missed four snaps in the total game. He played 65 snaps. He went in early before halftime, and then he came back out uh, third quarter and, and played the rest of the game. So most likely after the game and, and later that night, the next morning, his knee likely swelled up. I would love, you know, I've been daily looking for more information to see exactly what happened. A lot of people have been saying MCL, but he wasn't pointing to the medial portion of his knee. He was pointing, he kept tapping laterally, uh, somewhat similar to what we saw with, um, you know, you see this commonly with possible patellar injuries. Uh, think of like Patrick Mahomes last year, but Mahomes had a true dislocation. I, I, I'm kind of curious if Big Ben had a little subluxation of his patella, um, which does swell. But honestly, playing wise, I'm not overly concerned about that. He can play with a brace and he'll likely get something like a, a Tordal injection, some type of uh, anti-inflammatory injection to be able to play. So I think either way, he'll be fine. All right, we'll get you out of here on this one. I want you to rank these star receivers in the order that you think they're going to be back in the lineup. So Calvin Ridley, Kenny Galladay, and Debo Samuel, all three of them could make a big impact on the fantasy postseason here. Who's going to be the first back in the field? Who's going to be second? Who's going to be third? Yeah, confidence-wise, I would have said Debo Samuel. uh, Well, first I'll say, actually, for all three, I don't think we see uh, any of these guys week 11, you know, Calvin, or sorry, week 10, Calvin Ridley, uh, they already have their bye week. Um, Debo Samuel was ruled doubtful by Kyle Shanahan. They were hoping to see him practice today and he wasn't able to. Uh, And same with Kenny Galladay. So I would say I feel the most confident about Debo, but week 11, they have their bye. The Niners have their bye week. So I think we see... um, Calvin Ridley, 
more so likely than uh, I, I, if I were to rank them. Calvin Ridley, most confident. Kenny Galladay right in the middle, um, which I think we see both Ridley and Galladay week 11. And then I think we see Debo come back week 12. Jeff, this is great, man. I really appreciate you jumping on, bringing all the injury knowledge so that I don't have to sit here and do it myself. We can bring in the expert to talk about all the injury analysis. Anything you're working on that you want to mention before we let you go? Uh, right now, I'm, I'm working on a database of looking back to see uh, when all these guys have gotten injured. I, I want to get it all in one template just to just to look back. You know, one thing that you don't see a lot on injury reports, uh, especially for um, it's actually in the NFL guideline where only if it's a kicker or quarterback do teams have to specify what side. Um, so like say, say for Debo, his hamstring, it's his, I believe his right hamstring. They don't specify that. They just say hamstring. So I'm working on a database to, to have that background information. You know, think of how valuable that would be with a player like Will Fuller to be able to say, oh, he's strained his left hamstring three times. Oh, he has a hamstring injury. What is it now? It's his right side, you know? It carries a, a different weight to it. Yeah, well, I guess one other thing too is um, I, I'm not working on it yet, but I'm, I'm, I will be working on probably in January, January through, through March, uh, the prospect injury list. Man, college is hard to find injury information on. But yeah, I just want to say thank you for bringing me on the show. Yeah, man, anytime we'll have to do it again. Go and follow him on Twitter at JMThrivePT. And before we call it a day, I can't leave without giving you some players that I think are being overlooked in week 10. We end every show like this. We got to keep up the tradition. So at running back, we're monitoring that Chargers backfield, but it sounds like Justin Jackson is going to be out this week. And Troy Man Pope is healthy. He cleared concussion protocol. That's what kept him out last week. And if he's healthy, he's a borderline RB2 in my projections. I think that Kalen Balaj and Josh Kelly would be backing up Pope in this game. Because remember, before everyone got excited about Balaj, he had a good game this week, I know. But Pope was the one who shocked the world with 95 yards from scrimmage on 15 touches in week eight. And I'm convinced he would have had another big game if he didn't miss last week. It would have been him and not Balaj putting up those stats. So if he's on your waiver wire, he's worth the stash until we know more. And you might even want to grab a couple of these guys. Maybe grab Pope and Balage, and we see how this plays out. Brandon Cooks, this guy needs to be treated like a top 20 receiver again. Ever since he got blanked in week four, Cooks has just been lights out. He's got stat lines of eight for 161 and one, nine for 68 and one, seven for 60 and three for 83 and one. He's seen at least nine targets in each of those last four games. And now he's taken on a Brown secondary that's allowed the sixth most fantasy points to opposing receivers. Cooks is an outstanding play this week. I also got to shout out my guy, Tim Patrick. Again, I talked about him on Monday's show, but he gets the Raiders defense and they've given up 50 yards and or a touchdown to seven different receivers just in their last three games. So Patrick is in that flex conversation. And then at tight end, this position can be tough. So we'll look a little deeper here, but I expect that Jordan Reed is going to be more productive in this game. I know last week it was his first game back from injury. Ross Dwelly actually got more work than Reed did in that one, but Reed is the more fantasy-friendly tight end. He'll get the looks around the goal line, and I know it won't last long. You can't trust him for the rest of the season. He's not the guy that could be your Kittle replacement because he's almost guaranteed to get hurt again, but Reed can produce when he's healthy, so consider him a streaming option this week. That is all for today's show. Like I said off the top, 
Unfortunately, there won't be a Friday live show this week, but you've got all the injury information you need to set your lineups. And I'll try to answer as many of your questions on Twitter over the next couple days leading up to kickoff on Sunday. And also, I'll be doing the, the usual Twitter takeover on Sunday morning of the score account. So you can come join me there at 10.30 a.m. Eastern, and I'll try to help with any last-minute lineup decisions you might have. Until then, though, big thanks again to Jeff. Big thanks to everybody out there for listening, and we will see you next time. Said leave on time, my baby said leave on time, leave on time with me.